Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Tuesday, August 11th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by my co-host John DeShazer. And on today's show, we have a very special guest. All of our guests are special, but this one is extra special because he belongs to the New Orleans Saints. It is Terry Fontenot, who is in his 18th year as a member of the New Orleans Saints staff. He served seven years as a director of pro scouting and was recently promoted to, get this, vice president slash assistant general manager slash pro personnel. So Terry, first of all, how are you? We haven't talked in a while. I'm doing well. Um, really appreciate you guys. Good seeing y'all. I know it's a different times right now, so I haven't seen y'all in a while. So it's good to see you guys. Good to see you too, Terry. Um, so tell us a little bit, if you can, about what the conversations were like, uh, obviously in shifting role from director of pro scouting, which you've done for seven seasons now with the Saints, and now shifting roles into uh, a new position of assistant GM. Yeah, so uh, first of all, it, it, it means a lot, um, you know, to, to have this type of promotion. I think it really says two things. It says, number one, you have an organization that really wants to grow from within the organization and give people the opportunity to develop and grow. Um, you know, I started here 18 years ago um, as a marketing intern, and there's other people that are here that have been here for longer than me that started as, as interns. So th that means a lot. And, you know, from the top, from uh, Miss B, Mickey, Coach Peyton, Dennis, th there's a, obviously a concerted effort to really build and grow from within. Not saying that you can't bring really good people out the organization, but, um, it, people will definitely have the opportunity to grow here um, regardless of where they start. And the other thing I think it says is, is how strong um, the staff is and uh, meaning the, the coaching staff, the, um, the scouting staff, the college staff, the pro staff. Um, we have a really good organization that's had a lot of success. And when you have a lot of success, individuals also have success. Um, and, and that's kind of the tough part about it when, um, you know, getting specific acknowledgement, just you, and when you know on a daily basis, you're working with, you know, our pro staff, Michael Parenton and Ryan Powell, Justin Matthews, uh, Will Martinez, Jordan Trailer, those guys, were, we work daily on a day-to-day and day-in basis. Nothing happens within, in the pro department without all of us discussing it. So um, sometimes it's tough when those guys don't get a lot of mentions and um, you know how hard they work. But, um, but I think what this kind of says is when, when people continue to uh, have that work like that, continue to improve the process, continue to have success. Um, we're all going to have a lot of great opportunities. Um, so it, it, it's exciting, um, you, you know, but um, there had there isn't really a major shift um, in terms of my responsibilities because Mickey's philosophy is kind of, you know, before you actually get a promotion, you're really doing it. Um, so this is kind of how we've been operating. And um, so, so there's not going to be a lot of changes like today. Gotcha. Um, Terry, you kind of alluded to it in your answer, but you're, you're a homegrown guy here from, you know, locally and you went to school at Tulane. Does it mean more to you knowing that you are able to build like this for your hometown team? No doubt. No doubt. You know, what's funny about it though. There's a lot of, um, my wife is from here as well. So um, we both grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana. So because of that, you have a lot of um, fans, not just our families, but kind of our extended family. So it is really cool. Um, it, it makes, like my dad would be disappointed. He would literally be disappointed if I went somewhere else. I don't care <laughs> if it's a better job or what it is. If I went somewhere else, he wouldn't be okay with that. He, he just wouldn't understand it. M my mom would be more disappointed because the grandkids are further away. My dad would be more disappointed because he's still going to be rooting for the Saints on Sunday. 
Yeah, T, you, you stole the thunder from me because I was going to ask you if the duties changed. You took that one from me. But, but you know, when, when you get into this position, when you join the organization uh, in the marketing department, do you aspire to be an assistant general manager, a step away from being a general manager? I mean, was this something that was on your list? That's a great question. And to be completely honest with you, um, I, I didn't really know a ton about scouting right when I started. Like, I didn't come here um, with the plan to become a scout and to grow within the scouting ranks. I, I really didn't have that. I just, I was finishing up at Tulane and an opportunity opened up. And um, it was really a blessing to have that opportunity. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I got in the organization, started working, and through it, um, I met some scouts. And then um, guys started helping me kind of learn the craft. And, um, and, and Mickey Loomis, it was actually on a marketing campaign. Um, and this was probably when you used to go around on the buses and, and, and go set up at the malls and everything. And, and I was Caravans. Yes, yes. I, we were, <laughs> we were, um, I was one of the guys that was setting up all the stuff. And so Mickey Loomis pulled me aside at one point and, um, and, and said, hey, we're going to have an opportunity um, for an intern in the scouting department. Is that something you'd be interested in? And, um, and it's something I kind of press the guys, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. So uh, for Mickey to pull me aside at that time, he obviously um, had noticed me working on the caravan and, and he had noticed me working around the building because if, if I wasn't doing my very best in that role uh, as an intern and um, in those roles, then I wouldn't have gotten that, that next opportunity. So um, I, I feel like I always say that to guys, even I say it to my kids, everything you approach, you have to approach it the right way because you don't know what's going to come after that what are you looking for in pro personnel? What, what kind of guy are you looking for, for the saints? Man, that's a good question. And um, we focus, we've always focused on this and this comes from the top from Mickey and Sean. We want a certain culture um, in this organization. We want a certain type of player, players with the right makeup, players with football intelligence. We want smart football players. Um, and we want guys that love football that have that passion for the game and they're going to bring it day in and day out. And, and that's not always easy to, um, to measure, excuse me, where you can measure certain things, um, athletic ability, those things, but it's not always easy to measure somebody's passion and somebody's heart. And, um, and, and so we work really hard to do that. And we want to bring the right people um, in the building, um, regardless of their talent. We're going to weigh those other things um, because the culture is the most important thing. You know, T, you interviewed for a general manager position. Is that an intimidating process? I mean, it sounds pretty vast, you know, being the general manager of an organization. It sounds vast. Is that an intimidating uh, process? Or did you, or, and, and how prepared did you feel? So that's a good question. And the funny thing about that is when I did that, so me and my wife were actually about to drive to Lake Charles. And um, whenever I actually got the call from, the call was from Mickey, um, telling me, hey, you're, you're going to interview for the Jets in a couple of weeks because they had to go through Mickey to ask for permission. So Mickey calls me and tells me this, and we're about to go to Lake Charles for a couple of days, and I said, turn around because i got to prepare. So, <laughs> and I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, I, I was stressed about it. I didn't know what the preparation would be. But as I got into it, you realize, man, I've been preparing for this for 18 years and everything you do on a daily basis because in this organization – where I don't think it's like that everywhere, but me and Mickey talk on a daily basis and, 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 and Coach Payton and, um, and, and Kai Harley and Jeff Ireland and, and um, everybody communicates on a daily basis. So even if I'm not constantly on the road scouting college or constantly um, negotiating contracts or constantly communicating with all those guys, um, you really get a feel for all those things. So 
as I really got into the preparation, you really realize, not saying it's like that at every organization, but in this all-inclusive organization, um, you're preparing every day for it. Terry, you've said, um, you know, JD's last questions were great questions. So after I ask my question, I need you to tell me that it's a great question, just so that JD doesn't feel like he has an advantage, Look. because that's our relationship. And I just There's need no you. need for him to <laughs> lie. You don't have to ask him to lie. No, it's going to be a great question. Um, Terry, can you peel back the curtain for us a little bit? Because you work with Mickey Loomis, and he doesn't really allow everyone kind of into who he is a whole lot. But can you peel back the curtain a little bit since you worked with him and Kai and those guys for so long, what it's like to work in that front office? Um, that's an interesting question. <laughs> there you go. M Mickey's awesome. Um, Mickey's one of those people that um, sometimes it's a little tough because uh, Mickey's like a, um, I guess I can say poker player or chess player where you can say something and Mickey doesn't just, he's not going to give you his immediate reaction. He's got this poker face. So sometimes you don't know how he feels about something or, but, um, but Mickey's a deep thinker and, and Mickey's always thinking multiple steps ahead. So sometimes we're, we, we're just in the moment and we're thinking about how this is going to affect you right now, how it's going to affect the team right now. But obviously, as a general manager, and that's what Mickey does, Mickey's thinking years and years down the road. So if, if we want to do something that's going to help us in 2020 um, and help us win this next game, Mickey's thinking about 2021 and 2022. And if it's going to hurt us in those years, Mickey's going to make sure he weighs it. Um, so so it, it's been um, – it, it's awesome. And I know you guys don't see every side of Mickey, but Mickey's an awesome person. Um, you, you know, it's, it's cool seeing him run around with the, uh, with the twins and – um, and, and he's an awesome family guy, and um, but but it's it's impressive just seeing the way he thinks. How comfortable are you with your voice in the organization? From a standpoint of you know when you want a guy or if you have an opinion, you know how comfortable are you saying, look, this is you know, I'm adamant about this, and and then you know they'll you know maybe it's a yay or a nay, but you know hey at least you got your your feelings out there on the table. So the way this culture is, and, and this is true, the way it is here. Top to bottom, I was comfortable with my voice when I was a pro scout. You know, I was comfortable with my voice, honestly, when I was a scouting assistant. And that's because that's what the culture has built. Like I was in Mickey's office talking about players a long time ago, just no different than the guys that are in our scouting department now. Um, you know, one thing that uh, we'll be in draft meetings and Jeff will always give the scouting assistants players to look at and have them talk in front of everybody, in front of the head coach and getting guys comfortable um, with that because you, you want to have a, a situation like that, an organization like that, to where everybody's um, can, can speak their voice and um, right or wrong, but everybody's going to have that confidence and they'll be able to say how they feel about a player. So um, because of the way the culture is here, um, again, starting with, with, with Mickey and, and Sean, um, everybody here, I, I would say coach, um, scout is very comfortable uh, with their voice. Terry, it seems like for most people, uh, there's been a lot, lot of change in their day-to-day -day from working from home, things like that. Uh, but obviously, you guys are inside the office. There's a tier system that the NFL has, has rolled out and things like that. But this is, you know, I hate to say unprecedented times because it seems like everyone's saying that word. But these are unprecedented times. Have you, has your role changed uh, on a day-to-day -day basis since COVID-19 hit? Or was most of your work done already last college football season yeah it's funny so f first of all at back at going back to at home it was obviously a different a completely different deal and, and it was kind of it was kind of fun so I have four kids 
um, age 11, nine, four, and three and a half months, and uh, one boy, three girls. So um, it was kind of cool initially being able to being able to go in your office, watch a lot of film, go play catch. Um, we actually played baseball. We we're getting ready for baseball season. So whole family, everybody gets their glove. We played baseball every afternoon. So that was kind of cool. And as a scouting staff, we didn't lose any ground during the offseason. Um, obviously, uh, through the draft process, all the draft meetings um, were done via Zoom. And then after that process, um, in terms of the pro scouting staff, we were grading a lot of players off 2019 film. Um, we were able to have meetings. We were able to communicate with coaches. So we actually got a lot of work done um, at home. Um, so that process didn't really, uh, didn't really change. And also I have so much, I've always respected teachers and, um, and school administrators, but it's like a different level now when you're at home constantly. Or um, I've always respected my wife a ton and, and respected the job that she does. Like she's right now, literally she's at home by herself with, with those four kids. But, um, and, and I couldn't, I realize now that I really couldn't do that. I'm not built to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the different so, skill. <laughs> so I definitely learn. I definitely have more respect um, after going through that, you know, but now being back in the office, it's kind of cool. We've had more meetings um, than we usually have because now where we used to think we all had to come in the same room and sit down and, but now I'll text the guys and we'll have a meeting. Everybody's in their office in the comfort of their own office. And whether it's WebEx or Microsoft teams, we all jump on, we have a meeting. Um, we put stuff up on the screen. And so we've had a, a lot of, we've still had a lot of really productive interaction um, even though we're in the, in the office, I guess with the coaches, it's kind of, we can't always meet and be around the guys. And so we just have to make sure we're texting and calling and, um, and communicating with those guys as much as we can. But it, it hasn't, it hadn't been horrible um, because we figured out ways to kind of work around it. Tell you what, this is making me wish I'd gotten in on the ground floor of Zoom. I can tell you that. <laughs> now, no this completely, totally away from football here, T. Okay, what do you do? to stay in shape because folks, you know, on the podcast, you, you can't see him, but I used to like say, you know, I think I used to call him a male model to his face, but <laughs> and, and this is among the fittest NFL staff in the league, probably the fittest NFL staff in the league, but you know, you might be at the top of the, I don't know if it, I can't, I won't say it too loud because Freddie will get mad. But, or CJ. Yeah, CJ might probably, get mad too. Yeah, <laughs> probably at the top of the chart, top of the food chain is UT. So what do you what do you do? What do, what are you doing? Caroline, he's let me put him on gate. Let me let me just let him know <laughs> real quick. Because yeah. Terry, when I used to go into the office back in the day, uh Terry would be I would think I was getting in the office early at like 7 30 or something. And Terry's coming in with his like workout outfit. He's got his suit on a hanger and stuff. <laughs> and I already know he's gonna go put in like three hours of work. And then I leave for the day and he's still like sweating from doing like I guess another workout or something. I have no idea. So please, please let us know, Terry. You know what we do, I appreciate you guys, but we do make an effort um, because think about it, our job as scouts, we sit down all day and watch film. That's what we do. And and then we have the same amount, y'all know how much food goes through this place because you got the <laughs> that they're feeding. So, and, and then say enough about the road trips, all the food they're shoving at you on the road trips. Um, so we do have to really make an effort to make sure um, whether we're, we're, we're eating the right way or we're having portion control and um, like the guys work out whenever they want to. We do our job, get it done. If uh, some of the guys will work out at um, in the morning, some guys work out at lunch. But um, 
everybody understands that, hey, get your workout in, get your fitness, because th that's, that's your mental clarity. That's everything. You know, even if it's, even if it's walks, you know, you go on a walk at lunch just to make, just to kind of clear your head. So there is a, a real effort put to, to, to being healthy and having that healthy lifestyle, because that's going to, going to affect our work if we're not. See, JD, walks are important. I'm trying to convince JD that walks are important. Well, I walk a whole lot. The refrigerator is pretty like, <laughs> And so I know exactly, you know, my distance. <laughs> I guarantee you this. Like I'm, I'm telling you, every time you go on a walk, if you whether it's by yourself or with somebody, you go on a long walk, you're going to come back with great ideas. Every time. Ooh, you're I correct. like that. You're That's correct. a good gem right there. That's a good yeah. gem. Well, Terry, we appreciate you joining us on the show. Congratulations. I don't think we've said it. Congratulations on your promotion. Uh, and we appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. Thanks to Terry for joining us on the show today. We appreciate his time, of course. Uh, thanks to him for joining us on the show today and for everything he continues to do for the New Orleans Saints. All right, New Orleans Saints podcast listeners, I have some unfortunate news to share with you all today on the show. The son of Dalton Hilliard, Dalton Hilliard Jr., uh, passed away today. It was announced uh, he was 29 years old. The details of his passing have not been released yet. Um, but of course, we want to send all of our thoughts and our prayers to the Hilliard family as they go through this difficult time. Um, so that is, uh, that is all for today's show. Uh, I hate to end on that note, but of course we want to send all of our, our good prayers and vibes over to the Hilliard family. So thanks to Terry for joining us again. Thanks to John DeShazer, my co-host, and, uh, hope you have a great week. We'll touch back uh, later this week.